Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby. I'm Paige. And I'm Ben. And we are so glad that you are here. As we sit down each week with some amazing guests and close friends, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of this world and would start living a more abundant and fruitful life. Hey folks, welcome back to A Love Like This. Today, I'm joined with Wesley Inglis, who isn't just a good friend, but potentially my future brother-in-law. In today's episode, we spoke about Wesley's journey in faith, why it's so important to keep faith simple and what that looks like, the difference between being saved through faith as opposed to just doing good works, and lastly, how when you build things with your hands, they end up building you. Enjoy this incredible episode. Mr. Wesley Inglis. Hello, how are you? Good man, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm just going to jump straight into it. Yeah, go straight ahead. Why should Jesus be our closest? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. That was a um a uh, a callback to the neighborhood series mm. where Wesley made his first ever celebrity appearance on our podcast. Celebrity, wow, that's a big call. Yeah. So you guys know Wesley's now dating my older sister. Hey. You weren't at the time. No, I wasn't. But now I've gotten in the good books from the podcast. <laughs> this is like a podcast conflict of interest or something. Uh, a little bit. Uh, maybe some guest or someone's going to sue me and be like, man, what? why aren't I on the podcast? I've got to go, <laughs> got to date one of Ben's sisters. Well, they were taken now. Yeah, true. Oh, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> episode for another time. I'm sure, I'm sure Abby will have some episode about it. Yeah, true. But they're also not here. They're away at the moment. So it's just you and I. It's pretty tricky. I was talking to Mary about what I wanted to send in this episode yeah. on. We know that you're a very, very loving and God-believing man. Oh, thank you. And that you have I a lot of wisdom. So I thought we would start where it started for you with your testimony. Oh, okay. So if you don't mind sharing, where does it go into as much depth and truth as you want or what you're comfortable with? Um, so pretty much I, I kind of grew up in a Christian family. Um, we went to church like… Fairly regularly as I, when I was growing up and then it got less and less as I got older. Um, like it, then it started to become only like the, you know, the holidays, mm. like Easter, mm-hmm. Christmas. Um, and then when I was in year, I was in year seven, one of the boys from school, because I went to um, PCS, um, one of the boys from school invited me to the youth group there. And so we went to the in-church youth group um, and I got hooked and I loved it. And I stayed there for until… So I was in year seven in like 2011 and I left in 2019. So yeah, and gr- like growing up in the youth group, it's um, like in the beginning, you're kind of just there for, you know, the fun, hanging out, you know, with your friends and stuff. It's just pretty much a party. Like, like as a young kid, that's what you look at. That's yeah, well, what you I mean, see. It's kind of like, the, not the purpose of youth, but I mean, no, it's, it's, not. To, it's to incentivize young people to not like turn yeah. to Matthew 12 <laughs> as like a, a young, excited child. And if you want to be anywhere on a Friday night, you'd rather be at youth than, you know, doing stupid things, you know, as a young kid. Um, And so, yeah, I was just there. And then as I got older, uh, I think it was about in year, yeah, about in year 11, I got into this relationship with this girl from school. And she, um, and we're like, we were going out for probably like, we were together for probably like six months, but we weren't technically boyfriend and girlfriend. We're like officially unofficial. Um, for the lack of a better word. Um, and so then 
we went on like we only it was weird we only because we saw each other at school all the time but we only ever went on like one real date which looking back on that now it's really funny because it like completely wrecked me and it all ended yeah so like um, it was like it's like a juvenile relationship but you love like a, a yeah, young one yeah like, it was it yeah. was essentially like just infatuation yeah like and it's just yeah it was very um yeah it was just infatuation i think everyone's been there though especially yeah. as like a young yeah a like young the first person. relationship you've been in oh yeah um, for sure but yeah and i always said like growing up, oh, I won't have a girlfriend until I'm in year 12. But I was already breaking all these rules that I had already set up in my life. And then um, I looked back on that, like after we, because then we broke up um, and then, or broke up, like even though we weren't really together. Mm. Uh, but it really like hit me, like especially like the coming um, months afterwards, um, because like this person who had such an important part in my heart was now gone. Um, and I was like completely wrecked. like. Uh, I was very, I was like a little bit suicidal. Like I wasn't like full on, but like it was, it was to the point where like, you know how you, um, like you can't function, like you can't mm. sleep. And even my parents were like, like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you so upset all the time? And like, then like, it kind of hits you like, oh, if they know that something's up, then obviously you're not all right. And like, you know what they always say? It's, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and I wasn't okay. Um, and so in saying that I, instead of, you know, like going to the world per se or like hanging out with going to parties and hanging out with my friends, I decided to push into God. And I decided, you know, to go extra early to school in the morning because I was driving at this point. I was like, let's go to school extra early. I'll read my Bible. I pray a lot. I'll worship the crap out in the car. Um, and yeah, and like those months were very like, um, they kind of set up a basis of how like I am. Um, it's kind of like my foundation. Right. And so I, st I would only, I would say like, I only started really becoming a Christian from there. I only started living like a Christian from there. Like I probably got saved when I was like in year eight. I can't remember the exact date or whatever. Um, but I had to start like actually living what I um, grew up hearing all these years um, at youth and stuff. Cause it's a different thing to just hear it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, what's kind of tricky about like even the term, like getting saved. It's like, yeah, for sometimes there's a date, like there's a day you put your hand up. There's a day that, you know, Jesus enters your life. But I mean, really, he's always there. And that, that point where that turns into a relationship yeah. and turns into something that you're living, you can't put a, a minute or a time on it. Yeah, no, know? not really. Like, well, if you want to get like theological about it, like it's so the time you're saved is justification. So that's when you realize that, you know, God is your savior and you can't do life without him. Um, and then we're going to get into this. I oh, think. this is good. This <laughs> I was be talking good. to me. Yeah, and then sanctification cool. is you slowly becoming more like Jesus Ooh. and learning more about him. See, now but I'm yeah. learning. You're teaching yeah. me things. <laughs> well, I only learned that a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. it's interesting. I think what's cool though, because like I kind of knew your testimony through church, mm. but you, when I feel like lots of people look at youth in particular, they look at it just like this, I guess like glorification of faith in the sense that it's just fun. Like it doesn't, it it's, fun. doesn't yeah. impact, like it, but the purpose of it isn't to make a bigger impact. Whereas I think people like you, where like that's the real kind of, I guess, introduction into all the rest of faith. Because like I was so similar to you growing up, going to church and I loved going to mass, believe it or not. Like I know lots of people listening have probably never even been to a Catholic mass before, but there's something about it that's that's kind of nice, right? And even as a kid, when you go to even like a new age service, like what we go to now is it's like, you probably don't understand it as a kid. And yeah, it's that, very different. Yeah. That season or that event makes it, it flips it, right? Exactly. And I think it's cool with you that that event that occurred, although, you know, you must have loved this girl, so much of it was also 
something that you've created. Yeah. And yeah. because it got taken away from you, it was like you lost your whole sense yeah. of like- Like a part of my heart was yeah. just ripped out. Yeah. That's a, a crappy place to be. In. Yeah, it was. Sorry it was. To be but there. I'm very glad. Like I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, but I'm glad I went through. I am going to, I want to ask you about this theological okay, saving okay, now. I might not know it that much, but you can <laughs> no, try. No, <laughs> Mia, Mia helped me phrase this question actually. So I'm going to ask it word for word. But what does it mean to be saved by faith and through faith as opposed to just like good works? Oh, okay. An interesting, interesting mm. question. Um, so, yeah. So believing in God, right? First of all, just believing in God is not enough, right? Because anyone can believe in God. It's being saved is knowing that Christ is your savior and that you cannot live without him and knowing that this thing called sin separates you from God. Um, and there's nothing else that can join you back to God other than Christ's sacrifice and then resurrection on the cross. Um, as we just had Esau, we probably learned a lot about that recently. Um, and it's a good reminder every year to have about that. and then take that to having just good deeds um, in, I forget where it is, but it's in James. In James, it says um, faith without deeds is dead. So a better way to say it is our, our deeds are a proof of our salvation. It's not our deeds that make us saved. It's not like the ticket. Yeah. It's yeah. not like the ticket. It doesn't, our, our good works aren't what makes us closer to God. God's already done the work. Yeah. The, de- the deeds that we have, right are a response because of God's grace. It's not an obligation. Like we're not, God, you don't owe God anything, right? Like God already did that for you. Yeah. But he knew like, because he's God, he exists outside of time. He knows what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. He knows how you're going to die. He knows the whole shebang. It's, it kind of works on a couple of levels because it's, it's like good deeds in the sense that there are people who do the good deeds thinking that that's the ticket. Like that, that's, what, that's yeah. the criteria for me to be saved, right? is I have to either, I don't know if it's a dollar figure, like you've got to put more out into the world than what you take. Yeah, no, Or, yeah. you know, there's like a balancing act yeah. or that there's actually a measurement behind all the good things that you're doing in the world. Or, you know, there's a number on how many people you have to convert to, to, yeah. to get to that place that you want to be, right? And it's so relevant. I was talking to a friend the other day and he said that his life motto was just to do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter as long as like you're doing it, you're not harming other people or you're putting goodness back into the world. I might get to a level that's that's really understandable because it makes sense, right? It's like grace is good for all. It's amazing. But when you're thinking about it from a faith perspective, it's almost like that's not good enough. And it's because like when you actually understand what Jesus did for you and the reason why, doing good deeds will never be enough to make no, that back. Never. Right? And no. it's it's because inherently like we're born with the ability to sin. Like nothing, no matter how many good things you do, no matter, you know, what you do in your day that brings goodness into the world, there'll never be anything yeah. that can repay that yeah. as opposed to what God wants you to do, which is to give your heart to him, right? And that's why I say, that's why I say you don't owe, like I remember I did a talk at Connect once and one of the questions, um, I think the topic of the talk was God at the center. And one of the questions at the end I asked was, do we owe God anything? Um, and most of, the, most of the guys, because at first glance, you're like, yeah, we do. But then when you look deeper into it, you're like, actually, no, we don't. Like we don't owe God our, our works for as a means of, you know, getting closer to him or like becoming like justified, right? We do the, like I said before, we do the good works out of a response of the sacrifice that he paid. Um, and that's, 
that alone is why people, you know, people die. Like Peter, he got crucified upside down. Like what person in their right mind would get crucified upside down for another person? Like that person himself must have done something incredibly important or in- incredibly valuable for someone else to die um, for a cause. You know what I mean? Cause. But yeah. That's why it's really interesting because you, you don't, because faith works on so many levels and it impacts your life in so many ways, I think that it's really easy to latch onto the things that you can control in faith and justify your faith through that, whether it's, you know, literally like minutes or pages read in your Bible or good deeds that you're doing every day and taking that away kind of from what God intended it to be, which is the mechanism to like, you know, fill the kingdom, I guess, like yeah. with what what he has always intended it to kind of be. Um, I think I'm trying to think of the best way to frame this. With that said, although it can be kind of confusing for people to grasp because, again, faith is so integral, why do you think or how do you think people can have a like simpler faith? Because I think it can get very complicated very quickly when you try to analyze it from the perspective that it's something that can be analyzed. Whereas, you know, we're at dinner the other night and someone said something that they're really in a, a phase of life where they're deconstructing their faith. And I kind of perceive that, well, if faith is the way that I think God and Jesus want it to be, there's nothing to deconstruct or to analyze. It's just the faith is the faith, right? If you have that confidence in God and and his plan for you, then that there's nothing to really break apart. So why do you think it's important for people to have a simple faith? I would probably say push into God as close as possible. Like, like learn, listen to him, learn his voice, pray to him, try and develop the closest relationship you can to God, right? The Bible says, I think it's in James 4, 6, I think it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think the simpler you make it, the simpler it will be for you. Yeah, but by you saying that, you're kind of saying that the relationship is between you and God, you know, and if by you leaning into that in the sense that it, like I'm talking physically, literally just you and God, like the moments where no one else is around, there's no one to do a good deed for. There's no one to watch you worship. There's that's what God sees. No yeah. one to hear you pray. It's literally just you and God. To me, that's where the relationship is made because that's when you're at your most vulnerable because there's no expectations of other people. But it's when you can also kind of be your most honest with God, right? And so I think like very similar to you, when I think of a simple faith, it's pushing into God, but it's building that relationship exactly how I would build a relationship with one person that I love. And that's not like on display for everyone. It's not what you're posting on Instagram. It's not how, yeah, it's not how many Bible verses you can tattoo on your body or remember. Or, it's not about a bunch of rules. Yeah. Or, it's not conditional. Yeah, exactly. Like I know um, Christians who love God, have the most incredible, amazing relationships with God, but they just don't like worship music. I'm like, that's fine. That shouldn't be a measure of your relationship no, with God. Worship right? is way more bigger than music. Exactly. So there's a, a whole bunch, obviously, that I, or yeah. I guess – not tangents, but there's lots of things that people can become fixated on to, again, kind of justify the extent of their relationship with God. And so I like the way that you put it. How- I think it's, it's also easy to do that because, like, by nature, you just want to, you want to do more to feel like, you know, yeah. you can earn God's love. And that's the biggest lie, like, in Christianity is that you think you, to do more, you can be closer to Him, which is not. It's just literally, like, the, the way you're saved is to by believing in him and knowing, right, that you are justified through faith and by faith alone. Um, and everything falls after that. Mm, that is so true. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. 
This one's going to be a bit of a left field question. Not super related, but kind of related. Wesley, for those of you listening, is an incredibly talented woodworker. He's a cabinet maker by trade and a fully certified comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? I try to be a certified comedian. But um, why do you think it's important to build things with your hands? Because I heard this really cool quote and it pretty much said that it was pretty much saying that the things we build end up building us. It was cool. So why do you think it's important to to build things in the actual world with your hands, not just typing things or writing things on an iPad like I do? I've never really thought about it, to be honest. Um, I will tell you the, re- the reason why I like just making things in general um, so much is because I like going from this idea in your head to actually having it physically there. Like, and sometimes that idea is not necessarily the perfect way you want it. Like I'm a perfectionist, so I try and do it really like nice and clean and stuff. Um, but it never comes out that way. I like, I always make mistakes like anyone else. Um, but I think it's, it's, I would have to say the reason why it's important to build things with your hands is because, I don't know, I guess you're in the real world. It's not like you're, you're, in a, you're actually living in a digital world. You're in the real world, like reality. Like it's easy to, um, well, just look at social media. Social media is like not the real world. It's a highlight reel for everyone's lives. Like you don't see the bad, you don't see the ugly. But if I'm looking at a table you made, like yeah. the one we're sitting at, and you can see my router burn marks all around the outside well, of it. You know what is actually, which is really interesting, only, um, only someone like me would know that or someone or the person who made it. Like if someone came off the street who had no idea about woodworking would never know that you made a mistake, they'd be like, oh, that's really good. Like every time I make something, there's always a mistake, right? And then someone will come up and be like, oh, that looks really good. I'm like, oh, you should know. Hate every single thing about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you should know all the mistakes that I made on this project. Or if you, it looks good from about three meters away, come up real close to it, about like 10 mil, then you can see um, how bad it really looks. Yeah, that's almost like an analogy, again, bringing it back to faith, right? It's like on the outside, you could look like the most amazing Christian who has the closest relationship with God ever. But on the inside, you might be as far away from God as you've ever been. Only you, only you know at the end of the day. Only you and God know at the end of the day. And God knows you better than you know you. 100%. For sure. That's why I I forgot which episode it was, but um, I was talking about how God seen me naked. (laughs) Like I was pretty pretty much saying like, like God knows you literally better than you know yourself. Because not only does he know every decision you'll pretty much ever make. He knows your intentions. Yeah, Mm. everything, right? I think that's really cool. And I, I totally agree. I think it's, it's almost like because we're on earth for such a short period of time, by making things with your hands, it's like they're going to last longer than your time here. Like I feel like when you, when you put something online, and like this is hard because obviously like a podcast is a digital thing. It's like I know this isn't going to live forever. Like there will be a moment when Spotify will go bankrupt and Apple will not have a podcast platform anymore. But it's out there now. And it's like yeah. go into the abyss though at some point. Whereas I feel like when you build things with your hands, it's like they're lasting right? Like they're there for a lot longer. They're not temporary. And it tells a story at the end of the day. And it's like a legacy for you. And like, this is the, like one of my um, biggest things that I want to do, like as I grow older is like make like typical, like heirloom pieces, like pieces that you can just pass down beyond generations. Like this is what your great grandfather made. Like how cool would that be? Like that'd be dope. Like I'd love that. The table we're sitting on, I made. I would be disgusted for my great grandchildren <laughs> to look at this and say, "Look at what great." Oh, if it's two together made. by then, you'd have so. Look at this 
janky ass like around, <laughs> around a month. It looks, it looks good to me, bro. It's nice and stained. And not too bad. For, for, for a first girl at a tabletop, it's fine. That's true. So speaking of what you want to do in the future, as a final closing question, what advice or what would you tell to your future self, future Wes? Actually, I've always, um, when I listen to the podcast, I've always like heard this question at the end and I've always thought about, oh, what would I answer to that question? But I've never just, I've never just sat down and thought about it. So you've actually caught me off guard. Now, <laughs> now you have to. Um, what would I tell my future self, was it? Yeah. And sometimes we ask the past um, one, but I like the future one better for, for younglings like us. That's a good question because I think it's easier to say, what would you tell your younger self? For sure. Imagine, and the best way to frame this is imagine you're looking across this exact table, the exact same format, but you're looking at yourself with a gray beard, weathered skin. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you want him to remember or to live by? Um, I'd probably say like, well, I'm at a period in my life where I don't have um, like so many like responsibilities. Like, um, like being a young adult, like I'm not, I'm not a homeowner or anything or like I don't pay the bills or stuff like that. But um, I would have to say like to your future self, like, like don't forget to um, have fun and just have time for yourself. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't be too caught up in the hurry. Like it's very easy to um, be caught up in like, this is what I have to do now. I got to do this. I got to do this. But just sit back and relax. You know, you don't always have to be doing something. Um, and that's where a lot of people fall short. They just like fill their time with so many things that, that they forget to actually just relax. I really enjoyed this conversation with Wes because I think that a lot of the experiences he's lived through, we all kind of live through, particularly the younger people listening. I love talking about the journey that Wes is on from being heartbroken in high school, we've all been there, to finding faith and growing in his relationship with Jesus, exploring one of his greatest passions and loves in life, woodworking, as well as one of the most fundamental aspects to his faith, just to keep it simple. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you guys next week.